Alrighty, folks, how you doing? Welcome back to the True Results 303 podcast. Once again, I am Russell, your host. I want to thank you for tuning in. Your time is very valuable, and you're spending it here. I hope that as we walk this journey together, you are picking up information, little tidbits that are going to help you not only improve your life, but improve the lives of those around you. Because there are times when we need to lead, and there are times that we need to follow. And I hope that in listening to these podcasts, following me on social media, it's helping you know when to lead or giving you the motivation to step up and take that leadership role that those most important to you might actually need in their life at this point in time. So don't forget, follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, the YouTube channel, and the website, all those links are in the description box. If you visit the website, you can get three free downloads. One is on setting goals, and that's going to help you whether you're just getting into exercise, maybe you fell off the wagon and you haven't exercised in a while, or maybe you're an advanced exerciser, experienced, and you still are missing something. Something's not getting you to that next level. I said there's one on nutrition and on supplementation, giving you some of the basics on what you need and what can be helpful in those areas as well because we all know that nutrition is very important and sometimes supplementation will be needed to create that healthy lifestyle that you are wanting. So right there at the beginning, that's one of my favorite Conscious rappers, they might say. Christian rapper, that's D1 and Lecrae. The song is called Work. That is D-E-E-1 and Lecrae. The song is called Work. So like I said, thank you for tuning in. And let's get in to this episode. Alright folks, so today's episode is going to be on endurance training for beginners. Right, or maybe you're intermediate, maybe you're even advanced, I don't know. I'm starting to get into these. Um, my experience is I started last year in 2016 in August and I did my first Spartan race. For those of you who don't know the Spartan race, those are <clears throat> obstacle course races. They have three of them. They have a sprint, which is three to five miles, a super, which is eight to ten, And then a beast, which is, I think, 12 or 13 plus miles. Now within these, with the sprint, I think they have about 15 obstacles. The super, they'll have between 20 and 25. And then for the beast, they'll have 25 plus obstacles during these races. So like I said, last year, 2016, August was my first one. We went, some friends and I, and we just decided to go straight for the beast. So we did the beast race right off the bat. This year, which actually, the it is a Tuesday now, so this past Saturday and Sunday, with one of my clients and friends, Ken, we did two Spartan races, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and we did the Super, which is the 8 to 10 on Saturday, and then we did the Sprint, which was the 3 to 5 on Sunday. 
And that's because the Spartan race has something called the trifecta, which means you have to complete all three within the same year. The reason why we did two this past weekend, they were the two shorter ones, is it was the only way to get the trifecta without having to travel. I don't make that much money, or in some senses I am frugal, and I didn't want to spend the money to travel. So that was how we were able to overcome that obstacle. So once again, this upcoming August, in a couple months, we will be doing the beast to get our trifecta. During this time right now as well, I am training for my first half Ironman. So that's more of my endurance experience, I guess you could say. I've been training now for about two months for that, which is going to be the first week of August. So I'm going to do my half Ironman, and then I'm going to go straight into that Spartan Beast. And I'm doing that with my boss who has done four Ironmen, so I'm getting coaching from someone who at least has experience, and that's some of the knowledge I'm going to share with you. If you're a beginner, maybe an intermediate, things that you can do to hopefully improve your game day, your event day results. So first of all, it's going to be what sport are you thinking about? Are you just going to be running? Are you just going to be cycling? Are you doing a duathlon, which would be running and cycling? Are you doing the full triathlon, run, cycling, swimming? Or are you just doing obstacle course races like I've been doing in the past as well? So there are things you're going to have to understand when you are training for these events. The first one is that I've come to understand is at the beginning of your training, you don't really want to focus on distance, right? So even if you're just doing a marathon, don't focus on running 26 miles. You want to focus on time. So in reality, what is the average? You'll have to do some research. What is the average time that you need to complete the race. So same thing, if you're doing the triathlon, the Ironman, right? I'm doing the half, so you only have an hour and 15 minutes, I think it is, an hour and 10 minutes to complete the swim, which is 1.2 miles. So at the beginning, you should just focus on swimming for one hour and 10 minutes, right? Because if worse comes to worse, you at least need to be able to swim that for that amount of time. Now, of course, most likely you're going to be able to complete the swim. Hopefully, you're going to be able to complete the swim sooner. But if worse comes to worse, you need to make sure that you can swim for an hour and 10 minutes, right? So that should be your first objective, trying to get to that hour and 10. And then are you hitting your actual distance during that time. So if you're going to be running a marathon, what's the average marathon time? Right? I just watched the Boston Marathon a couple weeks ago, just the very end, and I think it was a Kenyan dude. He finished it in two hours and like 10 minutes. That's unrealistic, most likely for you or I. I know it is for myself. So in reality, what's the average? If they're going to say it's four hours, then you're, you should be trying to hit four hours. Then from there, see what distance you're actually traveling within that time frame. That's going to be your first go-to. So next, what you're going to want to do 
is go for distance and you're always going to want to overreach, right? If you're only running the 26.2, whatever it is, uh, you're only hitting your distance, that means you're, nev- you're really only training for that distance. You're never going to be able to, you know, you're always going to probably have those mental breakdowns, those body breakdowns at the same time. So now you want to be going, you know, one mile further, even just a half mile further, maybe two miles further than whatever that distance is to ensure that not only you can hit that distance, but you're further in the wall, right? So you're not going to be fatiguing later in the race because in reality, you've already over raced that distance. You've already ran, you've already cycled, you've already swam more than than the event requires. So you're setting yourself up for success in that sense. I hope that made sense. So next is speed training, right? We want to be able to make sure that our bot, we want to try to increase our speed, but in reality, we shouldn't worry about how much faster can I run a marathon or a half marathon? Start with something simpler, like how fast can I run a mile? And then try to break that out into how fast can I run a 5K? How fast can I run a 10K? And just work in those small increments of trying to build up that stamina. Okay, So you can also do that during your long run in general. right? Try to sprint for a half mile or cycle hard for a half mile, swim hard for a half mile, and then slow your pace. So you're creating intervals within these longer distances. And this is going to help you in the long run. And the one that most people overlook is what are you doing for your environment, right? I I hear this a lot. I'm from Colorado. So for me, the elevation doesn't matter. Like I've lived here my whole life. To me, people say, oh yeah, the elevation is horrible. And to me, it's just natural. So maybe that means you might want to be, if you're at sea level and you know your race is at altitude, at a higher altitude, maybe you want to train with one of those masks. I don't know. Research shows they can help. Some research shows they can't help. But maybe that's something you want to start experiencing. If you know it's going to be really hot and you're from a cool climate, well then you probably want to start training in a hotter environment. It can be something as simple as maybe you just go into a, a sauna before you go work out. Right, Go into that dry steam room, sit in there for a little bit, and then do your workouts. You want your body to be able to adapt to the environment that you're going to be racing in. Or for me, if I know I'm going to work out in the morning, I like to work out fasted. Right, I can seriously go. The first bike ride I did with my boss was at 3 in the afternoon. After I'd gotten off of work, and I did that bike ride completely fasted. It was only about an hour and 10 minutes, but I did that whole bike ride completely fasted, and I felt fine. Of course, during race day, you're not going to do that. You're going to fuel yourself, but letting your body know that, hey, I can work out in these harsh environments is only going to help you when you're at your, you know, your maximum capacity of hydration, nutrition, recovery, all these different things. 
So training for your environment. What does your environment entail? So it could be the same thing I've experienced now with uh, the three obstacle course races I've done. It comes down to the point to where you're going to be running for, you know, uh, five to ten minutes. Then you're going to pick up something heavy and you're going to carry that thing most likely here in Colorado. What I've experienced is up a very steep hill back down that very steep hill and then you're supposed to run for another five to ten minutes and then jump a wall or do some monkey bars or climb a rope so now you've got to be able to somehow incorporate that into your training because those are the things you're going to encounter during your race so once again it's about doing research on your course and things of that nature. One thing I'll bring up as well, since I just brought up the course, I did a run with my lady a while back when we went to Texas to visit her family. And knowing the course is going to have its advantages, right? Because you know when the end is coming. You know when to push yourself a little bit harder to get on to the next stage or even if the race is just ending. You know how to pace yourself. And this is going to... And I learned this simply from exercising with my lady because we decided just to run down a road it was a small town uh, Denver City Texas and we started running and that first day she was miserable and then the next day when we went we ran the exact same thing she we drove it first because we didn't run as far as we wanted to run the first day because she was just miserable and hating it and then the next day she said that we ran we drove it we came back next day we ran it and that day she was a lot happier during that run. And what she brought up to me was, I think I was happier because at least I knew where the end was. It wasn't like we were just running into the great abyss, right? Into the unknown. I knew where the end point was, where I was going to turn around, and I knew when we were going to run back. So knowing the course is going to be something that is going to help you greatly. Next, we're going to go for nutrition. What should you? What diet should you be following during training or come race day? Right. This is important questions. You can go if you talk to a lot of these elite athletes, they're going high carb. If you talk to, um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts right now. That higher fat diet, ketogenic diet, is they talk about being very beneficial. There are. Um, triathletes. I don't know. I, I don't think they're professional triathletes or endurance athletes, but they say that you can do these in a ketogenic state. In reality, it's whatever works for you. I don't really care. As long as you're eating all natural whole foods coming from the ground, none of these Franken foods, nothing out of a box, no bars, anything like that, if you can. I understand we've got to supplement and sometimes we have to get our calories in whichever way we can, but in reality, just eat as clean as possible. That's going to be your main objective, right? Now, carb loading. This is going to be a big thing if you're just eating that normal diet. You're not going ketogenic or anything like that. Carb loading. This is where a lot of people misunderstand and get these things confused. Carb loading is not going to start the day before, two days before. It's going to start the week before. 
because you want as many carbs as possible. You might even put on a little weight during this time frame, but it's just because your body's being filled with glycogen, being filled with water. Carbohydrate. Carbs hydrate the body. So even if you put on an extra two, three pounds, it's just going to be water weight. It's just nutrition, water, and glycogen that's going to help fuel you for the race. You've got to understand that. Okay, so you want to start, you know, three to five days out is what you're going to want to start carb loading with. Now, leading up to that, probably the last month of training, month and a half of training, you're going to want to start experimenting with gels, drinks, you know, these carbohydrate drinks and things like that, foods, fruits, because if you're going to be doing a long race, you're going to want to you're going to have to fuel during the race. So you want to make sure that you know what foods, fruits settle well, these drinks that don't upset your stomach. When I used to play hockey when I was younger, competitive, I really preferred drinking Powerade over Gatorade. But when it came game day, I couldn't drink Powerade because it gave me stomach aches. I had to drink Gatorade. That was just the way my body functioned. No matter what, if I drank Powerade, I got a stomach ache. So I had to stick with Gatorade. It's the way it was. So once again, what foods during this activity are going to sit well in your stomach? That's what you're going to need to understand there as well. And then last but not least, I'm going to, oh no, one I forgot actually during training, but I'll finish here. Sorry, I forgot to do that. Um, should you use weights? Should you lift weights? And you should lift weights. Now, I'm not saying you're trying to lift super heavy. You're not trying to injure yourself. It could be something as simple as body weight. It could be something as simple as light weights. But in reality, a lot of these endurance, cycling, biking, all these things, you're pretty much running forward. Right? Everything's moving forward, forward, forward. And we don't do anything with our back. So in reality, if worse comes to worse, you at least need to be working the posterior chain of the body, the back of your body, your back, your legs, your glutes, and then always your abdominals. You want to strengthen your abdominals. So abs, and at the least, you want to make sure that you are exercising your back, the back of your body. Hamstrings, calves, back, lats, you know, pull-ups, rows, anything like that to make sure that you're not creating muscle imbalances from all the forward movement. And then that's just going to be a major thing. Yes, you want to lift weights in some shape, way, shape, or form. And then back to the, um, I had it in my notes and I didn't say it. I don't know why I didn't bring it up. Um, but if you are doing these duathlons, uh, triathlons, you want to make sure that you are performing blocks. And what that means is you want to be able to do your transition. So if you're going to get out of the pool and then you're going to bike, you want to be able you want to be training for that right you want to hit your swim even if you're not swimming that full distance swim for 30 minutes and then get out of the out of the pool get on your cycling gear and cycle for 20 30 minutes to get your body used to that adjustment of going from swim to bike you want to do the same thing with your biking you want to bike and then you want to be able to run 20 30 minutes afterwards to get your body used to that transition of getting off of a bike and running because if not it's going to be difficult when you do that. So there you go. There's the basics of endurance racing, things that you can do 
that's going to help create better results come race day. If you implement everything that's been brought up here, you're going to have success. I can promise you that. All right? So, once again, thank you for tuning in. Remember that you can also always follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, the YouTube channels out there, the websites out there. Check out all those different resources, and hopefully they're going to help you in every aspect of life, mind, body, and spirit. So thank you for tuning in, and stay tuned for the next episode.